Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Hello there. We are on another edition of the Jeff Gross Podcast. We have one of my very, very close friends. And I mean, there's just so much to say. So we're, gonna, we're not, we're not going to do the intro. We're just going to go right into it because we want to maximize time. But Mr. Jamie Staples over in the UK, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I mean, I, I, I learned when the show was coming up and I was like, this is a natural fit. Like the flow show hypes it up. This is the thing, right? So uh, I'm excited to be on the show, excited to talk to you today, and uh, let's have a good one. Let's do it, man. So let's, I mean, there's there's a lot of things we could talk about. There's a lot going on in the poker Twitch space, industry, content. We've done, just to give a little background, we've done, let's see, I mean, we've done a lot of things together, but we've done Stream House, that was just absolutely unbelievable in Montreal. We've done Streamboat, Streamboat 2 that got cut short. We've done uh, some some crazy weight bets that we've taken part in. There's been a, been a lot of history that we've been a part of over the years. And, and Twitch, of course, a lot of the, you know, a lot of synergies, a lot of cool stuff. But tell me something for those at home watching, Jamie, tell me something that stands out for you over uh your, I guess, poker career, like one of the defining moments. We'll just jump right into it. I want to know something that if you were to look back so far, what would you say is something that you've done that's just really stood out in your, your poker kind of, I guess, either career on the table or off the table content wise? What's something for you that's been a highlight of your career thus far? We're just going to jump ahead and then we'll, we'll backtrack to kind of give the history. But I just want to know like what's sure. what, what, what stands out for you? Well, I think when it when it comes to actual poker, um, you know, this is it's funny given rel- you know recent news, but the day that I signed with Poker Stars, you know, it would have been four years, four years ago now. Um, I had my stream up and running, like I had just started streaming six months ago. You know, signing with a poker company was like a pipe dream at that point for me. Like I, I had no chance really before Twitch to even be considered as a small stakes player, like mid stakes player taking shots, wasn't very good. So in like six months time, my life totally changed. And uh, the day I got signed, I actually won the big 109 for the second time in a month. And it was like 20K back then because there was no knockouts or anything. Um, and, you know, like everyone in the company at PokerStars was hearing about this news of this new signing. So like all the employees at PokerStars were in the chat. It was just like an amazing intro. And you couldn't have written a better story as to how I got started with that. So... That I think was the craziest day of my, like my my poker life. I'd say um, it was a big field back then, man. You Huge. literally won the tournament the day you announced for twenty k. Yeah, and that was like the biggest tournament of the day back then too, right? Like big one hundred nine. There was no bounty builders. You know, like the big two fifteen was withered. Like that was the tournament. And, uh, and I shipped it. I was like, wow. All right, we're doing this. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, all right, well. Man, I, honestly, there's, there's, a, I have a list of things of ways to go about it. But I guess I, I actually, you know, we've spent so much time together. I would say we're so aligned. We have a very similar vision, I think, on poker and on the industry and the future of poker. But tell us a little bit, and because I, I, I don't know the full history, and I, I would, I'm very interested how you kind of got into it. Like, what was, you know, when you first started playing? Was it how long were you playing poker online before you got into Twitch? And how did that kind of, how did that spark where you said, you know what, I'm going to start streaming? And and how did you 
like take me back to like the very, very beginning. How long were you playing online before you started on Twitch? And then how did you get into Twitch? Yeah. So I started playing when I was 18. Um, and I kind of realized I wanted to be a professional golfer as, as a young person. So I was spending all my time on that. And then when I turned 18, uh, I sort of realized I wasn't going to be Tiger Woods, which was soul crushing. Um, so partied a lot after high school, was hanging out. And then I found this poker thing and I started playing a little bit. Actually, my brother Matt and I used to compete with play chips on Zynga poker to see who would have more play chips on the app, you know, because all your Facebook friends are on there. So that competition spurred me to like get better, look into real money sites. And, uh, and then it kind of just kicked off from there. Um, I ended up getting fifth place in a $3 rebuy on poker stars, which used to be huge back in the day for 2,700. And, you know, my 18 year old brain was like, yep. Okay. I'm a poker pro now quit my job, told all my friends. I was like, guys, I play poker for a living. It's not a big deal, but it's a thing. And, uh, just, just so, so cocky and arrogant and like had no idea what I was doing. Um, and yeah, that was, that was my launch into poker when I was 18. I ran that down over the next few months, living at home to about $20 and about 30 bucks in my bank account. Um, but it was like the pure stubbornness of not wanting to tell all of my friends, that I, I failed and have to get a job and like tell my parents that I failed, that I spun that $20 up to where I am today. So never made another deposit. And we kind of went from there. Um, Are you really one of those, the one time deposit guys? Cause I, I, I think I'm like a, I have a couple, I think I did a couple 25s, <laughs> but I, I, those ones that are like always one off to the moon are, they're hard to believe, but I know it happens. I mean, I, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's, so that's really, you got on there and you never look back. I mean, if you really think about it with poker and you can talk, if you, I mean, for all the people that do that, there's obviously a lot that don't, but it's pretty incredible if you think about parlaying something into a career from, you know, essentially like the times where you're going down swings or lose or things happen, but to really start with a small amount of money and turn into a career is pretty, pretty amazing. So, I mean, that was yeah. how old, how old were you? You were, you said you're eight, eight, oh, no, that's 18. 18. Yeah. And you're 26 yeah, now. 27, I think. Yeah, Somewhere in there. It's hard. The day, it's hard to keep track of months, days uh, with poker. It really is. It all blends together. But okay, so about been playing about eight years, and uh, and that and that's where it, it got going. So that was uh, that's where you got in. And then, and then talk about the transition into Twitch. Yeah, so I was playing on the side, like playing some live poker, which really funded a lot of living. You know, living at home and going to school on the side, like just taking a few courses here and there. Um, and then I kind of decided that I, I wanted to pursue it full time. It was something I always knew I wanted to do. I was okay. You know, I'd like probably make 20K a year or something. Um, but I wanted to really go for it. So I decided to drop out of school. And then about a week and a half later, I saw a post on the 2 plus 2 forums about Twitch poker. Um, Scott Ball actually made that post who used to work with Twitch in the poker directory. Okay. And I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. Like maybe I could... Maybe I could stream and make a little extra money on the side from people that watch and uh, get me motivated to play. And so I was like, all right, I'll try this out. And then within a week, I was just like, this is going to change the game forever uh, in poker. Like, this is the perfect spot. And it really just went from there. So 
Well, I'm looking, we're, I'm looking here. I don't know if you can see it. It's on the side. But so I'm hot keen over to show a little bit of the socials. I mean, you have – so it's also pretty unique. You have your Poker Staples um, YouTube channel, but you also have Jamie Staples. And then you also have for the same with, with Twitter, you have multiple channels. You have the Poker Staples and now Poker Staples 24-7. 120,000 followers on Twitch is just pretty insane. I mean, it's up there with the top – uh, channels and I mean just seeing it like looking back now on how it's developed like it's got to feel good to see just kind of have an idea and, and just go for it you know like because you were one of the originals I mean it's safe to say you know you there was Jason Somerville and then you know really who, who was me. I mean you were probably that you were right behind right you were, it was yeah, J- yeah. Jason and then and then you how how much how when you actually clicked live do you remember those first days of clicking 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 live like how how did that go like how when you clicked on and you were you were had what a couple viewers on one two three for a while and what jason was already probably fairly established or already running like was there literally no one else on streaming or was there like a couple other guys or like who was at the time like a couple of the bigger guys or was it literally just jason was the only one on poker there was a few guys um I mean, they were all really small channels. So Jason already had a brand, right? Like people knew him from the poker space. He was a successful high stakes pro. So he was sort of off and launched. I remember his first stream where he got front page on Twitch and he got up to like 1500 viewers. And I remember like two plus two and everyone was just like, whoa, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. This amount of people seeing poker. Whereas now we see Lex every day, you know, throwing out like six to 20 K flexes. Like it's not a big deal. Right. So uh, it was kind of that time. There's a few smaller channels like Antigone is someone that comes to mind. Set over sets. Um, Avoid my rage was a guy that streamed for a while. Wow, I've never heard of any of these names. Yeah, Eric Draken, who, who's a pro poker player, but he used to stream quite a bit. Had a big channel, uh, Sticky Rice. You know, like it was that time of the world. So it was crazy, and I actually have a video of my first stream. So I see the moment that people come into my chat for the first time, um, which is so b- bizarre to look at. Like it's it's nothing to someone that hasn't lived it, but to me, I was like, that's the moment that the trajectory of my life changed forever. Like that's it right there. Um, it's just a crazy thing, man. I, I still can't believe it. I got to pinch myself that I do this, but it's um, true. Yeah, that I, I'm. I'm just. I, I remember. I know my first kind of big stream that like really clicked you know same same thing we sort of like felt like wow this is something or it's cool because it's kind of like a dj in a way right like you kind of like there's just something about it because it's like in theory if you have 10 viewers or ten thousand, it doesn't really um you know it doesn't really change right but like you can feel it when the stream when you get deeper and the stuff and you start catching some hosts and you get some some momentum you can really feel the energy and and it's an electric experience so i i mean i i love twitch it's just you know i believe that it is the future and it's it's just like it's really cool to see now with you know some of these sites that there was really only one platform and now or not platform one you know site like obviously stars you and i both had uh long stints there They're, it's so good for the industry seeing competition you know i think that's something that people a lot of people are in the chat right now and people are going to ask about like oh why why leaving stars why are we all leaving stars but i think it's more about it's not necessarily like why leaving stars i think it's more about what what opportunities are out there and it's just like i think it's so good for poker and for streamers and for the whole ecology, like it's not even necessarily so bad for stars because I think it's like the same thing when you saw these the 25K P, PSPC and then you see 
party poker doing these crazy live events and then you saw them do the 20 million online so like when the envelope keeps getting pushed from the from the megas the biggest sites like everyone wins the players benefit there's there's more competition everyone's on their toes so now i look at it as a as a positive that there's some competition also if you think about guys like your brother matt staples all in pav who didn't have deals as a streamer it's sort of like if you're an up-and-coming streamer starting out like you or me like when we started at some point, it's kind of hard to take that plunge. If you're like, wow, like, well, Matt doesn't have a deal or Pav doesn't have a deal or Patrick yeah. doesn't have a deal or DW Steve. It's like, what are you aiming for? So now that the, the second biggest site, you know, Party Poker comes in, takes they want to build a whole big team. You have room now at, at Stars for more people to come in. You know, 888, if they want to stay relevant, have to sign people. All of a sudden there's like a huge gap, a huge void that now there's room and they're, they're sort of, it's like an ecology of, uh, I, I think it's just good for everyone. So I, I think it's like, instead of focusing, people say, why, what's wrong here? Why are people leaving? I think it's important to realize that it's good for poker. It's good for competition. It's good for everyone from the streamers to the to the grinders, to the, the fun players. You know, I think it's just great for everyone. How, how do you feel about, you know, this this kind of landscape and what's happening right now with that? With, and obviously you being a, uh, a vocal instrument part, me and you both kind of, being in that that mix of of some change right now in the industry, how do you how would you sort of uh, talk on that? Because I know that's a question that people are going to ask a lot. Like, why are you leaving? Why yeah. are we leaving? So, how, how would you sort of uh, touch on that? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, it's been a crazy experience, right? Like, like you mentioned, Poker Stars has been, you know, one of the. I mean, I want want to say the only player in the space, but in terms of like sinking significant resources and dollars into Twitch. Um, they were kind of like the biggest, right? Unibet was doing some some cool things. Party was doing things here and there. 888 had Tonka sign and stuff. But Poker Stars, it was like a big project for them. And it was it was like a situation where they had a stranglehold on on Twitch, you know, the hosting and, and the big personalities. So um, that was pretty crazy. And it all just kind of changed overnight, like you said, right? Like uh, uh, an opportunity came up out of the blue, you know, uh, in the Bahamas. It, when I went to the Bahamas, I didn't think, you know, there's less than 5% chance that I was going anywhere. Um, but then an opportunity came up and I was like, wow, this is really exciting. You know, like instead of it just being one company sort of running things, there's a hungry second place that wants to do really good things. And it's just like, well, that's a pretty cool opportunity for me. Right. Um, and then also it's like, it's a spot where I think it's an opportunity for us, Jeff, to sort of um, reach out and go further than perhaps what opportunities we had before, where we are one amongst the team, you know, like Lex is so much bigger than us, right? Uh, you know, Spraggy and Fenton are absolutely crushing. Here, over on another side, we have opportunities to like really make big strides and make big, big difference uh, in a team. So um, that's really what happened from, from my side and and how this all came about. It wasn't a thing where I was like unhappy with, with poker stars or, or, uh, you know, knew I was leaving before. It was just a better opportunity for myself personally. And I've had some conversations with poker stars since, right? Like, of course we're in constant communication until, uh, our deal finished, um, and with the announcement. And it's like, they echo your sentiment, right? Like, I'm sure if you ask the, the, the board holders, are they happy that this is happening? Probably not. Right. But the employees, are they happy? Of course. Everyone wants competition. Right. Everyone wants to see, um, you know, companies push the industry forward and create more opportunities for content creators, create more entertainment for poker players. And um, so it's a good thing for 
for the industry and for pretty much everyone. So I'm excited to see how it develops. Yeah, absolutely. I want to give a couple shots, shout outs to Brian Glick in the chat, man. Good to see you, brother. Good to see we got Vajran, of course, some other guys. If you have questions, ask them. There is a $20 retweet. Of, we got to have a little something. We can't, it's not right if we're just not giving something away. So we have, we got that. You can ask a question for Jamie. Also on Instagram, swipe up, guys. Check that out. And uh, our friend Elise Schleiser from the basement of Airbnb. I know Jamie spent a fair time in Airbnbs. I've been yeah. in as well, traveling around. So good company and good to, uh, Good to hear that you're enjoying from there. So we do have Jamie here. There's so much to talk about. Again, the the, the poker stars and the party poker things. I think that Jamie's gave a good good sort of a touch on what that's like. And again, I think it is a positive just for everybody in the industry. And I think that this is a, this is a unique time. And the and I think and you know truthfully, in five years, three years, ten years, those those time frames looking back, this will be a big moment in poker. Now, I don't want to like overhype what's going on, but like the truth of the matter is, this is very good that there is going to be a major player competition now and it's not just on autopilot there's no someone bought in right like someone believed in the dream it's not just poker stars now that believes in the platform and the ability to get it out it's like we have another company that believes and that's just that's so exciting for for content creators and fans of poker absolutely exactly uh so jamie tell me tell me a little bit about so all right so you start playing poker you you hit a score you get going you get on twitch how did you start the youtube vlogging because i have to give you credit here for this i remember in montreal i had you know i'm a little bit of a different different uh, a little bit of a hybrid i have a background in live poker i've done like i got into twitch so i kind of do a little of everything but i missed the boat i was missing the boat on the vlogging and i remember in montreal very vividly where it was around we did the one week stream uh 24 7 which was you were a true true sport you were letting people wake up for a hundred dollar donations or more for it we i think we raised over twenty thousand for the michael phelps uh swim foundation and, and a lot of that was due to you being able to be woken up at any time and it was uh it was pretty intense uh there but i remember after it was over and i was heading out you mentioning about or the vlogging i started asking about it and you started showing me we started talking like i hadn't started a youtube channel so this must have been what 20 16 in november yeah. is that right 2016 yeah. probably so yeah so that's a couple of years ago but so you told me about it. so how did you actually like what got you who was there a specific person or specific moment or what made you say you know what i'm going to start vlogging as well so that how long did that come after you started on twitch so i had to learn a lot on twitch as i'm sure you did as well when i first got into it because i didn't know what i was doing right like i'm not a i'm not a content creator by trade i was a poker pro like that was it um so I had to figure out how to make interesting content. And one of the first people that I stumbled upon that really sort of shifted my thinking and my approach to, to being an ambassador was Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm sure you're familiar. Um, and he made a really good point that resonated with me, which is, you know, there's eyeballs out there, right? If you want to get your stuff seen, there's eyeballs out there. But there's some people that are going to be on YouTube and they're never going to come to Twitch. They're just YouTube people. There's people on Facebook that are only going to be on Facebook. So it's your job to get them content. If you're not doing that, you're failing, right? You can't expect the eyeballs to come to you. You need to bring the content to the eyeballs uh, and give it to them for free. So when I learned that, I was like, okay, well, it's a big risk to just be on Twitch. What if Twitch goes under? What if something happens with regulation where I can't stream on Twitch? You know, am I just completely out of a job and irrelevant at that point? No, I need to develop a, a Twitter and a Facebook and a YouTube um, poker and a YouTube vlog, like working some lifestyle stuff so that there's options, there's flexibility. Um, so that was really the thinking behind doing it is that, 
you know, we make eight hours of content on Twitch a day, right? Eight hours, this behemoth thing. We should be able to take that and package it in different ways and get it out to people on other parts of the internet. Um, it just takes a little bit of money and people to help you do that. So that was really the reason that I got started with YouTube. Um, and it's gone from there. And so do you feel uh, in terms of Twitch versus YouTube, what, what is there one of you, what do you enjoy more or how, what are some of the differences? I mean, obviously the vlogging, it's a lot of, well, so, so you have a, you have two YouTube channels. One is Jamie Staples and one is Poker Staples. One is sort of like the live or just sort of lifestyle traveling or live events. Then you have the highlight channel. Um, so I guess it's kind of, it's a little different, but like in terms of actually like, uh, would you say, what do you enjoy more in terms of produce? Like, cause I mean, it's not just a 10 or 20 minute video that goes up on the vlog. There's a lot of filming with it. There's edits, which you, know, you have people helping with that. But what, when you, when you see like, let's say a, let's just call it a good show on Twitch, like after eight or 10 hour a day, what would you say? Do you like, do you enjoy like a vlog more? Like, do you get more excited for streaming on Twitch or the creation of a vlog? Like a really, let's just say a cool, like going to Barcelona or, you know, a live stop or, you know, like, do, do you enjoy vlogging and filming that process more? Or would you say you like to Twitch more? How would you compare them? I think it's really hard because it comes down to time, you know, like there's not enough time to make all this stuff. So it's, uh, I think Twitch is, is big. Twitch is home base always. Um, it always has been. It's where my community is. So I really enjoy doing that. But it, it also gets to be a grind if you put in three months in a row of five days, you know, 40 hours live weeks. That's that's intense. So uh, I guess the real answer is like I like a variety. Uh, I like sometimes being able to delve into lifestyle. Um, and then sometimes I like to just get down to grinding and stream on Twitch. Um, the poker channel on YouTube, Poker Staples, Really, I get to outsource most of that work. So it's like, it doesn't take much for me. I just have to employ an editor um, to sort of edit the streams into bite-sized pieces. So it's really vlogging and, and streaming that takes the time. And I like a mix of both. Okay. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's how I feel as well. There is uh, there is definitely, you know, I'm looking here, we're, we're over on the side, the Jamie Staples, um, you know, videos I got. For me, I don't know if, if you feel the same way, but... It's very cool to be able to go back and look at it's it's just it's sort of like a fancy journal in a way is, is yeah. these vlogs right because it's like in five years ten years who knows what you'll be doing exactly which we'll, we'll want to touch on but to be able to go back and like have these videos in time like you remember where you were what you were doing who you were with um, it, it's it's actually really cool and I think that's something that you know we've done some some projects with the uh, platinum passes and giveaways and when it's like I think you, it's cool to see people sort of get that and sort of dive in because it's it's I would say you know the hardest thing is just starting because that, that's like awkward you get a camera you film yourself like how do you do it how do you edit it how do you have help with it and and just seeing that like is that would you say that was the biggest uh, over the hurdle to kind of get started and worrying about being too good perfect or or was that not an issue for you to just sort of dive in and go for it yeah it wasn't an issue for me it comes naturally to try um but it is probably the biggest piece of feedback i get is people saying like oh i'm gonna get my twitch stream together like think i'm gonna go live this sunday you know, and they give constant updates about like getting ready to do the thing. Um, and that's just like, it, it's not the best approach. I don't think. Right. So, um, something I take heat for actually, this is a good example is I made a poker stars chess video. 
Did you see that? Like no. the chest, right? I know, the I know they got chest. people were outraged about chest overalls. Yeah, yeah, so I could yeah, I could sure. see where this is going. So what happened? So yeah. I made a video on it, right? Like I saved up all my chests, um, which people don't love, uh, obviously. <laughs> right. I saved them up because I knew on YouTube there's like CSGO openings and FIFA pack openings and stuff were really popular, right? So my first impression when these come out is like maybe this will be like this. So instead of like trying to strategize and thinking about, I just tried it, right? So I saved it up. I made this chess video. Obviously, there's only money in the chess, so it's not very interesting to a poker player, and it didn't work out. But that's my first reaction is to to try when there's an idea that comes up or, or something new. Start with that and then adjust over time. Um, I think that's the way to do it if you want to stay like fast and nimble and on the cutting edge of, of content. Like... I just joined TikTok the other day. You on the TikTok, Jeff? This is probably going to be one of those scenarios where you bring me in on something. I'm out on, I don't even know what that means. I know TikTok references, but what, tell us, what is it? It's, it's just like a, it's a social media that's a lot younger. You know, it's like uh, how it always evolves. Facebook was cool and not cool. Instagram was cool. And now it's like at much bigger scale. Snapchat, well, it's a different case, but TikTok I think is like a younger generation, you know? There is some young people on there, but then there's a lot of like 18 to 22 year olds. Speaking um, of Snapchat, let me get a little shout out while I do a video. I forgot to put that up. It's a, give, Jamie, how do you feel about Snapchat? Snapchat? All right. What's up, Snapchat? How's it going? Good All to right. see you. There um, it is. There it is. So, yeah, I think TikTok has potential to be the next big thing. And like, you just got to try, dude. You got to see new things and, and try them. And if they fail, it doesn't matter because you're just taking a lot of shots. So, um, I'm literally doing it. This is good. I, I forget. I, Snapchat, Kevin got me on at the same time. I got on YouTube vlogging and Snapchat in Montreal Streamhouse. Kevin was kind of hyping me on Snapchat. I mean, obviously that was, it's sort of dying. Do you even, do you even use the platform at all? Do you post anything on you there? Know. You're literally just, you're zero Snapchat. I'm just on the IG. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, yeah. there's only so much time. There's only so much social to do, but we will still throw a Snapchat bone here and there. We're going to go ahead and, and uh, put, <laughs> post that. But um, tell me what you, th- I want to, I want to know about family in poker. Cause this to me is always fascinating. Uh, and I, and I have a decent idea, but I want to let you kind of talk about it. Cause obviously it's super big in your family with Matt, you know, Matty Ice, 22 years old, young and just, just soaring and having your parents, you know, seeing both of two of their sons, uh, you have a, and Chris as well, who's got, you know, do some vlogging involved, but how, how has that been for your family? I mean, now at this point, you guys obviously being established, been in the industry, getting deals, you're both, you know, making moves and, uh, aligning. It's a, been, been a big time for ice. Can't wait to have him on this, the, uh, the podcast eventually as well, but talk to me a little bit about the family and how they feel about the, the staple brother duo in poker. I mean, it's gotta be interesting now, but tell me how that experience was from, from start to current. Yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy journey for them. My, my parents, they're both retired now, but my dad is a musician. He was a prof at uh, Lethbridge university. And then my mom was a music teacher in high school, like band and choir and stuff. So, you know, both being teachers, I don't think this was their first thought when raising us that this is what we were going to do. Um, but they're very supportive now, very happy for us. Like they're, they're always watching our streams. My mom is always up to date on, on social media. Like she's letting me know what's happening in the poker world when we talk on the phone, you know? Um, so when we got started, I mean, my parents were like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> like, obviously I'm living in my parents' house and I'm quitting my job and living in my parents' house with like 
$1,500 to my name. Of course they should be like that. Like what, what is your plan? Um, what have we done? Right. But I think over time as results started to pile in and I showcased that I could support myself through playing poker, they became a bit more supportive. Um, and then like mainstream recognition in the poker world, like getting signed and stuff, you know, that's, that's a big deal to like normal people when they see that they're just like, Oh, okay. So it's legit then. Um, so it's kind of a slow shift over time to them be, being a lot more accepting. And now they're, uh, some of our biggest fans, I think Matt, Matt and mine. So, um, that's a really good feeling, but parents are risk averse and results oriented, which I'm sure, you know, Jeff, right? Like they, they want to see the results before they can get on board and they don't want their offspring to take any risks because the, the fear of them getting hurt is too much. You know, they yeah. want them to take the, the, the well-worn path, right? That's, so. that's true. We got Burns in the chat. We got hot at 89. Also team, uh, party poker in the building. So we got some, we got some heat coming in, in here right now. Uh, we have Jamie Staples on, of course, also goes by the alias Poker Staples, one of the OGs on Twitch. And we are, we are, we're, we're tackling it at all. But I, I would say it's nice, man, to have, it's gotta be cool to see. Also for you, it's kind of like, I would imagine a fatherly or, you know, brotherly figure too. It's the same thing. Like you want to take risks, but when your brother's like, oh, I'm going to become a poker pro, I'm going to grow. Like, you know, it's a tough battle, a tough, tough grind, you know, even until, He's young, very young, uh, but until recently, even didn't have a deal. It was kind of obvious he was going to get swooped up at some point here. But you know, I, I, how did how did you feel as a brother seeing Matt sort of follow in your footsteps? Did you feel a little bit of pressure, or were you like, you know, he's young enough, he's hungry enough, he's sharp guy, he's going to figure it out? But it's got to be a little bit of uh, interesting dynamic when you're kind of you get a deal, you're signed. He's young, grinding, playing the micros, and you know, like obviously it could go a couple different ways. So how, how did you feel? Did you feel pressure? Did you know he was just going to crush it? Or were you just kind of like, whatever, you know, you, you obviously you can relate more than probably your parents. Cause it's, you live it, you breathe it, you, you own it. But like, how, how did you feel about Matt kind of coming up and, and wanting to do what you were doing? Matt's story is amazing. Like you should really get him on the pod. And I know you will soon. Cause it, it's been a crazy journey for him and a very condensed time period. Uh, so he actually started out as an assistant for me. He needed a job and I was like, well, I just started this Twitch thing and I'm like waking up at eight and going to bed at 10 and I'm not leaving my desk. Like, can you help me? Um, he's like, yeah, cool. So he just started helping me with like general assistance stuff. Uh, we moved to Calgary and he started streaming a little bit on the side, like doing, doing little bits of streams, playing a little bit of poker in his off time. And then one day in Calgary, he just told me like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to stream. And I was like, Matt, first of all, could you give me like a week notice? Second of all, I respect it. Like, good luck, man. Um, no, I, I think like taking risks in life and I'm biased because mine worked out. Although I took a golf risk and it didn't work out. Um, I think taking risks for young people like Matt, if you're passionate about something, is just always the right move. Uh, as opposed to having regrets later in life of not giving it a shot. Um, it's a no risk thing for him, you know, like if it didn't work out for Matt or if it didn't work out for me, just like go home and go to school and get started, you know, four years later in life, like big deal. Right. So, uh, I was excited and optimistic for him from the beginning and clearly he has got what it takes where he's just crushing it in the poker streets, crushing it on the Twitch streets. Um, we're going to be living together here very soon. I'm going to see him in three days. So, um, He's done amazingly well, and uh, I'm super proud of him. Yeah, we're all proud of Ice. Jamie, I got you on uh, 
I got you on Instagram Live as well. I had to do it. I had to throw it up. You, get, you want to give? Can we? Oh do we have any God. words? Do we have any words for uh, for IG? IG do you have any love for I? I mean, how often are you giving the IG Live? I know you get on there. You know, honestly, I don't do the IG Live much. I do like Instagram a lot. I think it's a great place. I like all the people on Instagram. Um, so thank you guys for checking this out. And uh, yeah, maybe I need to give more consideration to the IG Live. And IGTV coming up too. Where Jamie, where can they where can they watch this podcast right now? Since we're on Instagram Live, how would you tell people at Instagram Live? A lot of waves. There's actually a lot of people in the chat on IG Live and on the thing live. So where where can they go over and watch this full broadcast, Jamie? This is uh, Jeff Gross Podcast channel on YouTube. So if you just search Jeff Gross Podcast, you can check it out. It's live now. So just pop over. This is a double live inception. I'm actually confused what to do. I think I have to tell them to go and get off here and go there, right? That feels right. I think so, Jeff. You're such a hype show. Like, you can't help it. But I I think you need to focus in on the one show here. All right. (laughs) I got got my party poker uh, phone screen uh, back case cover that came in the mail. So we got that on the big screen, guys. We got to go. We'll see you over there. If you want to ask Jamie a question, there's a swipe up. And there is a... Uh, Twitter giveaway and uh, question there. So fire them off, guys. We'll see you. I got to cut off this. I just, I'm sneak attacking Jamie on Snapchat and Instagram Live. We're hitting him on every platform. He's giving personal shout outs today. So we got to, we got to catch him while he's, while he's firing off. So Jamie, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this off. But just so you know, Instagram Live knows what's up now. Okay. You're good with that? That's good to know. All right. Let's go with that. All right, guys. We'll see you over. Come check out the podcast. I see a lot of waves. See you there. All right, man. We, uh, you know, it's better than uh, before. I think it's like the in game is kind of uh, advanced. That's not, that's not, you don't see a lot of that, but I, I'm not sure if it's right or not, but we did it. Um, that's a Jeff Gross move. Too. Yeah. That's, just that's a Jeff G move. You multi, fired up. Multitasking. So, Jamie, tell me, what do you feel about the state of poker? Because this is important. I want you to shoot us straight. You know, we both said our goodbyes mm-hmm. to poker stars. You just announced party poker as well that you'll be get, joining up here in, in May, you know, taking a little time to sort of to, to get it organized, get all your ducks in a row. I, I've officially started with party. So how do you feel, you know, with that, that this kind of, this is big news for sure. It's good for the poker. It's good for online. How do you feel about the current state of poker and its future overall from uh, just taking a look? Like, are, you know, are you seeing where you were a few years ago? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you like, things are, are humming? Is it a, a scary time? Do you feel poker? Well, what state do you believe it's in at the current moment? I think it's Okay. I think it's it's so-so. I think there's some really positive things, and I think there's some clearly negative things. The game, of course, is still great. It's a fantastic game. It's a worthwhile pursuit and a nice hobby and a career for some. Um, so I think that's awesome. But I, I think we need to do a lot of work as an industry to clean up the perception of poker. Um, I think that's important and a difficult task to undertake. Twitch is doing a, a big part of that. You know, changing the way that people think about this game from a backroom, you know, uh, mobster cigar smoking thing to a more interesting pursuit um, than that. And then um, I think we need to come up with new and innovative ways to get it out to people. You know, um, I say this all the time on my stream, like poker was the the best game you could play on the Internet 10 years ago. There's nothing better. Like you load up your computer Poker was the best game. If you load up your computer today, I mean, it's easy for us to say because we play, but if you haven't played any games before in your life and you see poker and you see Fortnite or CSGO, like these graphically very beautiful, um, like uh, aggressive and fast games, which is going to draw the eye of most new people? 
Fortnite is, right? Of course, that just makes sense. So we have a lot of work to do in the poker industry to come up with ways to make poker as enticing as these new age games. And it's not going to be an easy battle. You know, it's one step at a time. So I think innovations in poker are really good. Um, I know a lot of people don't like these innovations, but they're probably not for um, those existing players, but like new game modes, you know, like uh, spin and goes or spins. Those are things that I think are really great to try and entice more people to play. Um, new formats of creating poker content that might be boring to existing professionals. I think we need that to to survive and continue to thrive as a, as a game. So. I agree completely, and I think that, you know, I know that's in the works, and that, for me, it's, it's as well, poker's timeless, whether it's, um, you know, a seven-card stud, five-card draw, then it became ho- limit hold'em, then it was no limit hold'em, and then there's PLO, and now there's short deck, which we're seeing over at the Triton uh, series, mm-hmm. some huge action and crazy, you know, new format. I think it's like, it's it's one of those things where it's a, it's a great combination of skill and luck, poker is, and finding new ways to make it fast, exciting, you know, less uh, solved. Because I think that's ultimately like, you hear backgammon, chess, these type of games with solvers and stuff. Like, you want, people want fast action. People want to go to top golf. They don't want to golf 18 holes anymore, really, right? Like, it's like things are changing. People like quick, fast, fun. And I think that's important with Twitch, with YouTube, finding content, getting people engaged in it, but also finding other variations, other formats, you know, six max, uh, typers, turbos, the knockouts, like finding ways where you add some 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 variants where it's not just like all right you're playing like a a nine-handed no limit hold'em regular tournament that's two days or you know 14 hours like people like quick fast fun um variables so i think that's that is important i think that's something that party poker i know and other major sites are starting to take a look at they're listening to players they're listening to their pros they're listening to the community and and they're making the adjustments so i i think it's i think it's kind of uh poker hit its peak and then it's sort of gone down and now i think it's sort of it was like it was sort of dropping now I i can feel a shift in energy i can feel that it's kind of coming back and and uh you know, I, I think it's good, but I think it is, it's important for content creators and for the ambassadors to sort of step up and, and take an active role because we really feel what it's like and we hear and we know what it's like. We know the feedback and, and the fact that the sites are listening. I think it's great. So, you know, I think it's up to us to to really to help with that. So, yeah, it's a great game. And, yeah. I, and I don't see, you know, I, what about you personally? Do you feel, how many years do you have a kind of a plan? Three year, five year, 10 year? I mean, do you have any uh, visions with, like, do you think you'll always be involved in poker in some capacity? Uh, do you feel, are you, do you love it more or less the same than a few years ago? How is, how is your overall uh, feeling with poker right now, personally? Yeah, it's my passion. I mean, I mean, it's absolutely my passion. It's not an obsession like it was when I first got into it, where, you know, with all my free time, all I'd want to do is play poker. You know, now after like a full stream week, I'm excited to get some off time and relax a little bit and then go back to it. But, you know, it's, it's just like a more matured love for the game, I think, than, than you feel in those first couple of years. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a negative for falling out of love, love with the game. So um, that's sort of where I'm at on it right now. I think in general, Jeff, I wanted to touch on a, another point uh, sort of related to our, our last question, which is the poker community, like the industry feel as a whole. Um, I think we need to do some growing there as well. That's just my thoughts on it. It's like, it's very fragmented into different sections and different areas. You know, there's sort of like Twitch and then there's sort of like poker gossip 
and then there's the U.S. live scene, and then there's the online tournament players, there's the online cash players. You know, it's it's like very fragmented. And something that I've I really think about a lot is what it was like to play golf and what the golf community was like, and what it's like to play poker and what the poker community is like. Like and it is so much more aggressive and toxic and difficult to get into an elitist um, in, in the way that it communicates with people than golf is even, you know, and most people think of golf as some like stuffy old man's game. Um, so I don't know how to fix that, man, but that's something that really stands out to me. Um, is the poker community going to be sort of inclusive, like a more mature sport or is it going to be fleeting and aggressive like a game? Um, and I don't know the answer to that, but I just don't think the community right now is a great place to be. Um, I don't know how to fix it. What do you think? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with you know the, the celebrating some of the high stakes, some of the play, some how how it's perceived from a kind of fun player, rec players perspective. Like just when you show these, the high roller tournaments, it's so serious. So like tanking and these type of things, this is the stuff I've seen the ground. You talk about it. Um, and, and it makes a lot of sense. You know, you really want to try to, we, the, the goal is to make it a fun, fast uh, atmosphere where everyone's kind of gets to enjoy and feels, feels comfortable. And I think that over the last few years, it's kind of just, it's gotten a little too stoic, a little too less personality. You know, back in the day, 2004, 5, 16 on W, you know, the, the World Series of Poker guys celebrating in taste. You don't, you can celebrate, get excited, be respectful. You don't have to be like going to a guy's face and fist pump and like stand over him, do a cartwheel and vomo his face. But like there, there can be some personality, the characters, Umberto Brennis's and, you know, the, 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 the excitement and the passion. I think that that's important. And I think that. You know, that's something that we're at a crossroads where it just needs to it needs to kind of come back. There needs to kind of be some of that and there needs to be, you know, more of a more, the, the professionals need to kind of understand that and realize that it's like one. It's like it's, it's just like life. It's like being positive on a daily basis. If you're if you're interacting with people and you're net net positive and you're being being a good person and that kind of energy carries over and goes a long way. And I think there's a there's a bit of a, a, a cog, a bit of a plug in the industry right now where it's just not quite it doesn't quite work. It's just not exact. It's just not right. And it just takes, I think it's a matter of everyone being proactive and, and take realizing that. And I think it can go a long way. But you know, if you look at the numbers, like there's, there's new live stops coming everywhere. Like the numbers are up at series online. Yeah. The numbers seem pretty good. Um, I know there's talks about HUDs, uh, some of the major sites getting rid of some of the heads up displays, the, the numbers that's like, that's been circulated, talked about, you know, I think the, the sites are aware and they're, they're trying to find ways to make it more uh, appealing and, and less intimidating for people to play and more of a, you know, fair, fair uh, outlook on everything. So, you know, I think it's like, it's a it's a crucial time in the industry for sure, and I think that that yeah. we all can do our part. Whether you're a, a Twitch streamer, a content creator, if you're just playing to play, you know how you act at the tables, even typing or spamming or being nasty, like all the stuff that you can do and on an individual level, I think it, it it really matters. And I think that's something that you know you have to realize. People come on if they have a bad experience, whether it's online or live, you can you might turn someone away from the game. Like literally you have the ability, every person on an individual level has the ability to be net positive or negative for the game. And I think that's important to remember. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think something that uh, an interesting metric to look at, and I think about it a lot is merchandise, right? So if you look at really mature 
markets that um, that are games or sports, right? So let's say like football, for example, or soccer. You know, people wear merchandise all the time and they love it. They're proud of it. They love to support their teams. They're into it. Um, in golf, like you want to buy the newest, coolest stuff to play golf in. And not for a performance point of view um, with like shirts and stuff, just because they're cool, right? And then if you look at some video games, there's a few video games where it's probably acceptable to wear merchandise for that video game. And then there's somewhere that would be really late. In poker, for example, it's typically viewed as kind of lame to wear a, a sites shirt, you know, uh, or, or, or a, like a branded piece of poker clothing. It's uncool to the people that actually play the game. Uh, and that to me is just like a big problem, you know, like if people aren't proud enough of the game that they play or the sites that they play on or the people that they follow on Twitch, uh, or YouTube to wear their stuff, like, there, there's a, an insecurity in that and there's a lack of maturity in the industry to it be accepting of itself in a way. Um, so, yeah, I would love to see a future, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road where we have legitimate poker fans. Not necessarily fans of streamers, although, of course, I'm biased and I love that. But people that just genuinely love the game and they're not afraid or insecure about sharing that with other people. Um, you know, it's... It's a shame, I think. We've all done the bank teller thing, like, what do you, what do, you do for work? Oh, you know, I, I work online, trying to avoid the conversation, right? Um, I think that's really too bad that we, a lot of the industry, like, hides what we do instead of uh, wears it with a badge of, of pride. So I think that's important for poker taking the next step. Absolutely. I, I'm with you. I agree on that. And I think we're, we definitely see a lot of... Uh, eye to eye on these these type of things it's just a matter of uh, how how it's going to change and how and how much change can happen on it how much can you personally do and how much of the people that are you know that are in the industry want to how much they want to be a part of it and how much you know like i think it's like it's just fundamentally comes down to like everyone can have an impact and it just you have to believe that it's like doing a little bit can go a long way and i just think that that we need to get that message across that everyone can, can contribute. I want to talk about prop bets. Cause this is something, you know, I've, I've done a lot of prop betting over my career. We've uh, been a part of a couple um, situations. So can you, let's talk about prop bets and let's talk about maybe those that aren't aware of the ultimate sweat, pretty epic uh, bet. Want to talk about that. Plus any other, maybe bets that you have or have done or, or, or how your take is on prop bets. Cause this was, this is definitely like, I've been around, there's, there's like a handful that stand out in, in, uh, that I've heard of or been a part of or, you know, seen, and this is definitely one of them. So why don't you talk to us about the ultimate sweat, just in case anyone out there hasn't heard of it or wasn't aware of the actual conditions, terms, the logistics on it. Can you uh, touch on how that came up, where that came up, what the bet was and how that has been impactful in, in your career? Yeah. Ultimate sweat. I mean, we were doing a stream boat one, weren't we? Yes. We were hanging out on Bill's back porch in the Virgin islands you know, what is life? This is crazy. This is an amazing project. Have fun. And then I was quite a big guy at the time. I was 305 pounds. Matty Ice, my brother, was 135. And Bill made us a bet based off someone's suggestion in the Twitch chat. I wish we knew who said that because I remember that moment, but I don't know who actually. Do we know the name of the person? Because we owe them at least a nice steak dinner. Ten people have claimed it or so. There's a okay. lot of people that have claimed it, so I don't know okay. who exactly it was. But... Um, so yeah, he made us a bet 
uh, to get within one pound of each other within a year. It had to be within one pound. So that was insane. We were 170 pounds apart. And, but he gave us 50 to one odds. So we risked 3,000 to win 150,000. Um, and I remember the conversation because I was just thinking at 51 odds, I want to book whatever I can, you know, like, like max. He said 3K was the max. It's like, all right. Um, so we just got to work, man. Like we got started, uh, started in Vienna. I was doing ketosis. Matt was just eating everything he could shove in his face, uh, you know, hitting the gym. And then we, we met up with Mike Vacanti, who um, sort of made us a more measured plan um, to take us all the way to the end. He's a YouTube trainer, you guys should check him out. He has trained Gary Vee in the past, like really great guy. You've met Mike as well, Jeff. He's uh, he's awesome. Yes. Um, so we worked with him for the remainder of the rest of the year. We actually lived in six different cities during this year in, in five different countries, I think. So we're moving a lot. Um, and yeah, was, for the most of the year, I was eating 1,300 calories and walking like two hours a day sometimes up to four hours a day. And then Matt was just eating as many calories as he could and going to the gym six days a week. And, uh, we made it like in the last week, you know, it was pretty much touchable for the last nine days, but it took us the whole year of really intense effort to, to get to where we could actually get it done. And, and uh, Logist, it, it's pretty crazy because it had to actually weigh within one pound as a professional scale. You know, once you kind of got down to, the nitty gritty and it was like, all right, we're there, but like still very nerve wracking. I remember being there and, and making the official call like on the, with the, you know, weighing it in. Mike was looking at the scale and blowing the whistle in that whole moment, but it was very tense because if it was 1.1 on the scale, you know, scale air, it's very, very unlikely. I mean, top notch scale, you know, the whole thing, but it was, uh, it was, it was still like, there was very tense. Like the fact that you could literally, not win on a technicality or a detail was was super crazy and it was it was very exciting. I know you got sick, right? Or someone you were Mac got sick a week before or two weeks before was very sick and yeah. kind of threw things out of balance as well. That was crazy. People don't know that story. So Matt is like definitely allergic to nuts. Um, like we'll go into a huge reaction. So he had a smoothie that he'd been having his whole time in Malta, uh, but they accidentally put peanut butter in it. So he took a sip. Within like three minutes, he talked to my brother. He's like, I think I'm having an allergic reaction. Um, so they hop in a taxi. They go to the hospital in Malta. And Rebecca and I were living in a flat like five minutes away at this point because there's a lot of us in, in Malta. So we catch a taxi. And when I get there, he looks like a lobster. He's all puffy. He is red from his forehead down to his toes, like just bright red. You know, uh, thankfully, his airway didn't close up, but he has a full out reaction. And I recently just had a reaction. So I sort of have some empathy as to how scary of an experience that is. Like you can't control it. It happens to you. And you're just hoping that your airway doesn't close up and you don't die. Right. Like that's terrifying. And the fear that comes from eating food after that is very strong. Um, you know, it's just like every time you eat, you have anxiety about, am I having a re reaction? Do I feel okay? Is this normal? So Matt was actually about three pounds. No, he was actually two pounds away from what our, our weigh-in was like two weeks from the actual weigh-in, you know? And, and so essentially like he was at a point where he almost regressed for a little bit in the last two weeks. And I had to go extra hard. Like I was eating about 700 calories a day 
but it was just incredibly stressful. Like the worst possible thing that could have happened at that point, two weeks out is him having this, you know, life or death situation that creates an intense fear of, of food, you know? Um, so that was crazy, crazy, crazy that that happened. And, uh, did you, were you worried that you might not like, did you think this could like actually throw it off? Cause I mean, that's another crazy part is like, that could have happened the night before the weigh-in. You know, Bill's obviously very generous, merciful, but there was other people. There was side action on it. Sites had lines on it. You know, like when you lay 50 to 1, I think it's fair to throw in some variable factors, right? Like, it's like obviously the guy's dying or something or he's in the hospital. Like, I don't know what happens, but like at some point, like that's part of the risk, right? And you start thinking about that because like what, you know, yeah, it's super unlikely, but what if that happened two days before, one day before the night of, like, you know, it's just like you got that night going to sleep is very intense, I'm sure. Because you're literally, that's like life-changing money, especially Matt for basically getting, you know, on that size of a wager. He's also dedicated a lot of time, effort, to it and for Matt it was even more for you it's great right you get to lose weight get in great shape or you know get get healthy for Matt like he was bulking and you know worked out obviously but like he you know it's a it's a lot of commitment a lot of time a lot of energy and very stressful so I'm sure there was a you know I don't know how well you slept that night but it was got to be pretty exciting like that was a lot of hype for this leading up to this a full production event weigh in and, and everything that had to be you know it has yeah. to be a standout experience in your life I mean I was that was cool like to be a part of it and for me to be involved on the side and took some side action had some fun with it it was it was fun to watch but being a part of it living it you know it had to be annoying as well like you said there was a lot of you spent a lot of time too traveling you're you're streaming I can't even imagine every day right you're, you're doing twitch you're trying to win this bet and it's got to be a little overwhelming. Was there a point ever where you thought maybe it wasn't worth it or, man, this is like crazier than I thought? Or was it just kind of like you set your mind to it and it is what it is? Like looking back, would you have done things differently? Maybe travel less? I'm sure traveling is has got to be extremely hard. You said you moved five, six locations during that time. That is it is tough to pack up your stuff, get set up, deal with everything and then still be still be training and, and doing that. How was that? Yeah, actually, the travel was nice, dude. I didn't mind it because it's like my diet was primarily protein. So I could just go to restaurants and eat like steak and chicken and, and pork and vegetables. So it actually made it kind of fun because it was changing environments, changing scenery for doing exercise outside, which is a lot of what I was doing. Um, but honestly, if I could go back in time to the start of the bet, I wouldn't do it even as a winner. I wouldn't do it. Wow. Okay. Um, it was, it was too intense. You know, and I've, I've felt the effects of, of how much of a toll that took, like, on me physically and mentally. Yeah. Uh, s- still, you know, still deal with it. it. It was just such a sustained period of really intense cutting um, to where the 75K doesn't make enough of a difference. And, of course, like, professionally, we suffered in terms of, you know, you can't stream very well or very consistently when you have done three and a half hours of walking and you have 600 calories in you, you know, it's just like, you can't, you can't do very well. So of course, both of us took hits in terms of our professional pursuits in poker to get it done. So, um, but like the physical and the emotional toll is very high. Like I wouldn't recommend anyone go through that much of a crash diet or the crash bulk. Uh, it's just not, it's not worth it. It's a, it's a huge toll. I do think it's the most impressive thing that I've been able to do and I'm proud of it, but I've also learned that I've learned how intense it is on your body. Um, so yeah, that's how I feel about it now. 
Absolutely. Uh, I did want to ask you something in terms of poker kind of mentors, people like who in the industry as a whole, who do you who do you kind of look at as, you know, obviously we're younger um, comparatively. Right. Poker's been around, I'd say, like got really popular in the early 2000s. But is there anyone like you look up to or who do you let in the industry? Do you really respect uh, as a whole? It could be from our generation for older, um, like growing up to like on TV. Did you watch some of the stuff? Like, is there people from those high stakes shows or tournaments or World Poker Tour? Who do you kind of like look up to or respect within the poker industry? Uh, Danny McGrunner. Yeah, he's a big one for me. And, you know, he's very divisive, I think, for a lot of people now, uh, you know, an outspoken guy. So I'll say, like, I don't agree with every stance he takes, but he's really the first, like, true poker ambassador. The, the guy that was interested in getting the game out to as many people as he could, and he would take all these opportunities on TVs and books and everything to really get the word out. So I don't think I would be a poker player if it wasn't for Danny Necrano. And I think he's dedicated the last, you know, like 15 years or more um, creating all of this content and getting people excited about playing a game. Of course, to, to his benefit as well. Like he got rich off it as well as he should. He worked hard. Um, but I, I am really grateful that he's done that. Um, so he's a big one. And then I think it's like you and Bill, you know, like my, my friends that I hang out with, the people that are, um, really optimistic about life and willing to try things and not too negative and pessimistic. The ones that are optimistic and excited about trying things and, and projects in life. Um, those are the people I really look up to and, and I want to surround myself with because I think um, it's the best way to live. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I would, I would say also there's a mutual respect there. Obviously, you're, you know, what, 27, 26 or 27 unconfirmed. You're still doing the math. But uh, I would say that as well, I definitely one of the people I respect the most in the industry. And yeah, of course, Bill, you know, kind of dips into poker. He's got the Thirst Launch 10 project. We helped him sort of uh, get down that list and, and, and help with that. But obviously, Bill is uh, very generous and, and, you know, he comes in and out of poker. But I, I would agree also, Daniel, he's, you know, those guys that he really just took a stand for poker and also what he believes and doesn't mind being controversial or, or doing what's unpopular or says what's right. So that's awesome. I appreciate you. Appreciate that. And also I agree with uh, Daniel and um, yeah, man, I think it's important to you know kind of realize that you know, like that, that sort of generation, if you really look at it, like, yeah, I guess you could say Negranu, Helmuth, Ivy, um, Antonio, I'd say those are kind of like the, Rock. the, who, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Phil Locke, Brian Rass, like kind of like, guys? yeah, some of what's up. Yeah. The boys, some of the pillars of the industry and, and sort of, you know, being that the, the characters or the personalities of, of uh, TV and of the time. But I think, you know, now it's fair to say there is, um, no, it's a different time now. Like the high roller circuit series and stuff. It's cool, right? Like some of the guys and it's fun and to see some people having great success and whatnot. But really, like, I think it's just kind of like a new generation of Twitch and of YouTube and this type of content, seeing guys that, that really uh, put themselves out there and, and generate a lot of uh, a lot of content. It's really cool. So I, I think it's, it's fun to be in the conversation. You know, I think no one would argue yourself. Um, you know, me and then, of course, like Lex and some of these other, there's a handful of guys that are pretty active and to be involved, even just to be mentioned in that conversation is cool. And it's, it's fun. And I think like, it's fair to say yourself, um, well, 
I, I just, you know, knowing you, I would say that and just, you know, even for what I'd like really just saying, you know what, going for it, doing the stuff because you enjoy it, you like it and the, the content that it's sort of nice. It's, it just kind of blossoms and, and goes around because I think that's something that poker is missing right now is that like 18, 19, 20, 21 year old uh window of people and that and like what are they seeing now it really is twitch and youtube and that's something that you know if you look at the wsop numbers i think we discussed this uh it's crazy like the amount of 21 to 25 year olds that played the world series of poker main event it's like it's insane how low it is like proportionally right and that's that's like a stat like i think that like one of the issues of like what's going on is is being in the u.s not really legal or there's some gray area sites um but the kids in college aren't like, yeah, it's more games. So it's like, how do we find, and how do you do it in a a way where it's like, we're not saying, Oh, become a professional poker player. This is like the dream, you know, do it in a way where it's kind of fun. It's a hobby. People are still involved, interested, but you know, it's, it's a very fine line because I think that is an issue with what's happening right now is that there aren't a ton of people in the 18, 19, 20, 21 college ish time that are coming in the game. I think that's sort of like the interesting part, the sort of uh, part of the puzzle that's like, because at some point people start playing less. They get families. You know, they're they're not the grinders aren't grinding as much. So I think that's like the the ecosystem. You got to really have that come in. I think that's something that is uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because it's definitely drop off a lot. Yeah, like I think like what's what's really interesting is since the media has changed, right? It's not TV shows anymore. It's sort of self made stuff that is going to sell it a lot to the new generation. Um, we don't have very many of the top 50 in the world. I don't think we would have any of the top 50 tournament players in the world that are willing to be ambassadors on their own platforms, right? Like we don't see uh, one of the top 50 tournament players in the world streaming consistently on Twitch, you know? Like no one stepped up to that role to be like, all right, I'll be a figurehead for this dream of being one of the best in the game. You know, like uh, there's all of us that are, working hard and making progress. Someone that comes to mind is actually all in PAV. who's was absolutely smashing. Um, he's up like so much money in the past two years, crushing the game, getting better all the time. He's someone that's stepping up, but we haven't seen that Daniel Negreanu hybrid of like, all right, I'm legitimately one of the very best in the game. And I'm also sociable and I'm willing to share it with people. We don't have that right now. You know, I think, um, you know, like Lex and PAV, like I'm not taking away from anything uh, from anyone, right? Like Kevin been on an absolute live poker heater, crushing it. But we need more of the elite of the elite, the super high rollers interested in actually helping. Um, and and I don't know if we're going to find that. Man. I just don't know if people are interested. But for now, all we can do is do our part. You know, as like good players, I, you're you're a great player. I'm a good player trying to become great and trying to become elite one day. I would want to I do want to touch on that point because it's true. I mean, look, look, we both use Raise Your Edge. We both are actively working on our games, but it is very difficult because I think that's something unique is like I was mentioning a little bit like I'm a bit of a hybrid where I have a background in live poker and I've been playing a long time, but it's hard to do. I mean, I was that was one of my other questions like, Jamie, I'm going to go over here to the scroll across like. How do you know you have? I was gonna say, how do you keep up with? You obviously have help, but like here you have a Poker Staples and a Jamie Staples YouTube. You have a Poker Staples and a Jamie Staples Twitter. You have a Poker Staples uh, Twitch as well as what? No Twitter. But you have a okay. So you have a Jamie Staples Twitter. You have a double YouTube channel. 
And then you have a double. Now you have a two four seven channel set up here as well for for Twitch. That I I have one as well. Jeff Gross Poker twenty four seven. You have Poker Staples two two four seven. So you have like highlights and you know broadcast past broadcast there. You have the Instagram as well. Double channel. Jamie Staples Poker Staples. It's hard to have all of that running like a machine, and then also. Find time. You're, I, I want to touch on B-Car as well. Congrats on being engaged. That's amazing. B-Car, phenomenal um, uh, companion. So that's that's amazing. So like, you know, it's like you have that. You have, you have B-Car who's, you know, that's your future wife who you're engaged, potentially children, all that. You have content galore. You want to get better. You want to travel and enjoy. There's only so much time in the day. It's difficult. Like I can relate. Like I, I've kind of, I feel like in the last couple of years, Part of my growth and development is stunted, and I think I've been trying to look at that, working with Elliot Rose, some other stuff too. It's like, you know what? I'm coming to WSOP events the last two summers. I'm starting at 4 p.m. a lot of days. I'm in there with 15, 20 blinds. You know, like you can't, it's hard to do everything and do it well. So it's like at some point, I feel like, and I don't know if you can relate to that, it's like, all right, do I want to spend two hours on Raise Your Edge today? Or do I want to stream or do I want to make sure this is like up, you know, website? It's a lot to manage. Even having like Vadrin, you know, who I would say is the best in the game or, one, you know, like a top guy involved with me. You got, I know you have unbelievable people. Brando, you got guys helping you. You know, you have a team, you have people helping, but still you, you want to craft it your way. You want to make sure stuff's up. You got to check on stuff. You're engaging. You're putting up YouTube comments. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I know you engage, right? Like you're, for myself, like you're going back, looking at comments. You're, you're making sure people are staying, you know, staying up with it. It's a lot that goes into it. It's not just like post a highlight video, let it go. You have to come up with titles, descriptions. You got to make sure it's how you want it. All these things. It's hard to then find time to dive into the matrix of playing. It's just like, there's only only so much bandwidth and I think that's like one of the things like you said it's kind of like you can either be the content machine and then sort of take a break and like just go into the, the, the matrix but for having something that's in the matrix of maybe the great it's also some people just don't have it like they like they don't have the ability like they might be a wizard sorcerer player but yeah they don't have the even if they wanted to if they're like you know what I want to go into twitch because they would kill it right like if you had like yeah. to get the top number five top 10 gpi players like decide to come in and start doing some content like people you see when they grind you or guys that come on twitch doug polk comes in who's you know crushed it at a high stakes level and people come in he gets big numbers and stuff but like it's hard to find that personality that's like both so i think that's like a unique because it's like if you're great at one of the things you have a now you could take some time and sort of like you have a big opportunity to like do both, but it's so difficult because of, of factors. How do you feel about that? Because I mean, I'm sure you like, it's hard to find, I, I would imagine for you to find the time to study and do all this stuff as well, because you know you have a social life, you have a personal life, you have content, you have this, and it's sort of like, what, what, where do you put your time? How, how do you kind yeah. of tackle that? Well, I mean, this is something that I know, you know, we've touched on in the past uh, at some point. It's like the economics just aren't there. Like let's, I'll be frank with the audience. Like, does it make sense for me to study Raise Your Edge for an hour or to do something else? Like, I'm losing money studying Raise Your Edge. That's for sure. There's just more economics in creating this content. But that said, it doesn't, it needs to be a balance, like you said. Like, I need to strive to continue to get better and improve, but it it is coming at a hit to myself and a pursuit of a passion to do that. 
Um, so that's one of the weird parts about content creation is getting better at poker isn't actually where the money is coming from, even though that's important to your job. So that's weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's difficult, Jeff. And I mean, this is sort of like a forward thinking statement to, to our, uh, roles coming up in the future. You know, you, you already started. I start on May 4th. I think what you said is really important, right? It's, it's hard for people to balance getting better at poker, you know, streaming, creating content on the five other relevant platforms, um, you know, getting enough rest, um, having a social life, you know, like all these things to, to balance is hard. So one of my biggest frustrations in the past working with poker stars, um, and, and something I always tried to sell them on and they didn't necessarily buy it all the way was the value of streamers. The biggest value is that is their stream. That's the most valuable hour of time from a streamer is allowing them to stream. And when they're not streaming, getting better at poker so their stream can be better. And when they're not getting better at poker, allowing them to relax or rest so that their stream and their studying is better. That to me is how you best utilize a streamer, right? Um, and all this other stuff, which is very important, which we have to do ourselves right now, right? Which is outsource and manage people and like get it on YouTube and stuff. That should be something that companies take on and they help with, they help facilitate because a lot of people can do that. Very limited amount of people can do streaming. So over the past four years, I've been trying to set up my own machine where I can be as hands-off as possible. I can have things happen for me. Like my poker, poker staples channel on YouTube, I'm very hands-off there. Like my editor, Jordan, he gets the video, he edits it together. He makes the highlight the thumbnail, the description, he puts it out. I just read the comments, dude. I don't even give it a review. Like I just trust him at this point. So that channel runs on its own basically. Right. I see. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I see, see Burns in the chat. JJ Corrado, also a streamer. Thanks for coming in. And Jay Nandez Poker, one of the PLO sourcers in there as well, has YouTube and Twitch. So good to see you. Thanks for checking in, man. Hope all is well. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's the... That's the that's the ultimate thing, right? It is like finding a way to make it into a, a time where you have time and, and effort to put to other things and, and not have to deal with. I, I think a great example is Bill and the Thirst Lounge 10. I remember yeah. I, the funny part about how this is all shaking out is you have to understand this. Like I can see from an outside perspective how it looks like, oh, Bill's Thirst Lounge 10 sponsored by Party Poker. Jeff leaves, stars, goes to Party Poker. Jamie's leaving, going to Party Poker. Matt signs. It looks all kind of like like it was like a like a you know premeditated crazy contortion. But the 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 reality is when we were in Reno, when was that? Late October. I don't even know the date. When was Run It Up Reno? Yeah, I think it was October. Might be October. It was it was, it was later in the year. I mean, Bill. We started talking with Bill. We were there even pushing the idea to stars. Like we were talking about it and Bill wanted one person and he wanted to do like a one minute, like, you know, Bill's just an idea guy. He gets hyped up and like for a minute he's talking like, Jamie, why don't you come and do my channel? You know, or Matt, why don't, Matt was there as well. Why don't you come over and like run Thirst Lounge and, or Jeff, he was like, you know, you could do it. And, I, and like Bill didn't really get, like, it's such a unique personality to Twitch. You need like, it's also you can't just take someone that has like a very established channel because they put their heart, their soul, their sweat, their tears into their channel that has grown to a point. So, you know, Bill's coming from a perspective of 
you know, it's hard to find that right personality to, to do it. Also, how hard it is to really run a Twitch because like it's not just click live, you know, like the OBS. Like how many people have you had, Jamie, that are professionals or people are interested in Twitch? Like I have people all the time send me a message. Hey, I want to start Twitch. And I'm just like, all right, I have a list of things. Here's how to start. They're not on there now. I can tell you big names of like live players, some online guys, you know, a mixture. Very few have even tried or dived in because it is such a matrix of work of of uh of of a grind and it really takes unique individual to be able to, to execute it you know i just want to say that like yeah. that's the thing i think that's some of the thing that's overlooked is it is a very intricate thing i'm not saying don't try don't do it but like you know if you're if you're in, if you're a well-established name in poker it doesn't mean you're gonna have to be good at twitch or be able to do it or want to do it in real and then there's constraints of where you live you know throw the u.s out of it makes it exponentially more difficult um how the consistency of it all these different things. It's a very difficult thing. So I think I got sidetracked and I, you know, I just talking, but really the, the thing is like thirst launch 10, even, you know, showing how hard it is and you know, how this was not like, uh, we were trying to explain to bill how it's going to work and, and realizing some of the hurdles there. Uh, but this was like, not really, it was, it was going to be one person. It became 10. We didn't, we were not like, it was, wasn't like a funnel to push to party poker. You know, just kind of how it all happened. It all kind of got, it kind of went down very quickly for all of us. You touched on January. You thought you were re-signing with stars. Like this was all kind of, this all kind of came up very quickly. And I think it was for the best, but you know, I think it's a, it's a very important to realize like streaming is difficult. And if, if you do want to start streaming, it's cool. Try it, but just realize that it is not a, you know, there's a lot of times where it doesn't go well, where you're not having a great stream, you're not running well, and you're just sitting there on the camera kind of eating it. So you really have to be able to to uh, to take that in and, and understand that it's yeah. not all super fun. And there's a lot of days where you know you don't win on stream, you're not running well, and maybe you're tired. And, and there's just so much that goes into it. Like you said, rest, preparation, after the stream, giveaways, moderators, um, emails, checking this, making sure everything's coming. It's it's a whole blown, full blown production. And if we could have our way, it would be that yeah, we just click live, study, spend time with our families, and don't do anything else. But that's not the case. There is a lot of extra work that goes into it. Yeah. Well, I, again, I think like looking forward, that can be that's something I really believe in. I feel like uh, companies are missing the boat on trying to help with those services, help make that easier on the streamers so that they can be at their best. So. Uh, you know, I don't start until May 4th, but Jeff, I anticipate we'll have a lot of discussions regarding how we can uh, ease the loads in the future for streamers so that they can do what they're great at. Um, Absolutely. That, that's what we worry about. You know, we, we both talk with streamers all the time. What are streamers concerns? I mean, a lot of them want to get better at poker, most of them. And then most of them say they don't have the time. So it's like, well, we need to create the time. Yeah, that's 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 the game right there. That's I agree with that. All right, I want to ask you. We're, we've uh, we had a little bit of a late start, but we've been going for a bit. I want to make sure we do have questions on Instagram. The swipe up guys, you can ask there. Also on Twitter, we'll go through. I think there's a handful of these, so I, I saw some good ones. I'm gonna we're gonna do a retweet as well. Uh, so let me kind of just get there and start teeing up a few of these so we can get that up. But then also, I just want to ask you about this. Is one I like to ask. Uh, what do you think about poker being a zero sum game? You know, like that's one of the things I think that for, well, I'll let you answer it. But what what is, uh, when someone says to you, you know, that's like someone wins, someone loses, it's a zero sum game. How, how do you answer that? Whether it's like your parents, friends, or, you know, like that's typically something people ask me. It's like, how do you feel about like, you know, how do you give back in community or how charity, this and that. But like, how do you actually, how would you articulate that when someone says poker is a zero sum game? Like you're not giving anything back. How, how would you answer that? 
Well, I think it's better than a lot of games, to be honest. Uh, let's take golf, for example, right? You show up to the golf course, you buy $1,000 worth of equipment, you pay green fees of $100, and you may rent a cart, right? Um, so you're going into a golf match and buy some golf balls, another 10 bucks. It's costing you, let's say, an average of about $180 a round per year to play. And you're always getting $0 back. Always. You're never getting any money back. So that's a negative sum game. So why is it that poker on its own can't stand as a game that's fun, a game that creates community and has all sorts of strategy um, things that you need to think about? And sometimes you actually win money in this game. Like, yeah, you can lose money, but if you go in with the expectation that you're going to have a great time, it's a good hobby, you enjoy it, that's fine. You should be allowed to lose money. So it's just, it's again, the perception issue of poker is a game that only exists to win money. There's nothing else to it. It's just gambling. Uh, and then golf exists purely as a, as a recreational game that is fun to play, and you could spend all your money on it, and no one would blink an eye. Um, Poker is very much the same, you know, it, it can be a thing where it's fun. And I just try and explain that to people as, as like, it's a hobby. It's a legitimate game that spending some money on isn't shameful or wrong. Um, yeah, that's the way it is. That's, uh, wow. I'm just scrolling through actually some of these tweets. It's pretty crazy. I didn't realize this. Did you see this last night, Jamie, on Thirst Lounge that, uh, party and, uh, he chopped the thing, Drew, and party chopped a 10k guarantee. Lost you, I think. Oh shit! Really? Looks like the stream is offline. Oh, it's back. Are we back? Shit. It's loading. Loading up. We're back. We're good. Um, okay. I'm just gonna start answering. I'm gonna. I like that answer. I think it's also. Um, it's true to. Let me see if this is working. It's true as well. Like I think from like a perspective, like a content creator side, it's kind of easy to answer that. Like it's one thing if you're just like grinding a two five at your local casino or something. And not saying not, not saying when I say just, I mean like even then it's like all right, well, what are you doing with your free time? You're making a living, so maybe you don't have to grind a nine to five, and then you can donate to charity or you can spend time doing. You know, so like that's how I look at it. It's like what are you doing with your time, and what is that allowing you to do if you're a professional? But from our standpoint, being being on Twitch content uh, create. And, and being positive I think it's kind of like well you could you could argue doing a fair amount because you have a lot of people that are engaging with you and you are able to shape oh, in a way you can give you can kind of provide some context and, and put it in a positive light a message you're sending an overall message so I think it's like you're yeah. saying about zero sum game or not it's like from our side it's not quite as crazy dude this is yo this is crazy real quick did you see this that uh, Drew and Party chopped a 10k guarantee on Party yesterday I saw something about that. That's I, mean, pretty- I am I am very high on the Thirst Lounge yeah. right now. I think they're doing good things, so I'm excited to see them develop. You know, that's that's yeah, awesome. That's well, yeah, cool. we're we're in there, man. We 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 uh, handpicked from the to contestants, Jamie. We got our we got our uh, we we grabbed the guys and the team, and, and we'll see what's going on here. Um, I just sent my video guy down there. I mean, Brando left yeah. um, yesterday night. For we, he's been living with us for like five, six months, creating vlogs. You know, the opportunity came up for a producer, and I was like, "Well, this is the perfect guy. He understands poker. He wants to be a producer. He makes really high quality work, and he would love the opportunity. Um, and it's within your budget. So, like, even though he's working for me and I'm enjoying it and getting a lot of value, like, uh, I need to put him forward because that's you know, it's like this is just his his uh, 
this is really what he wants. So I think it's a bad idea as a boss to like stand in the way of your employees development and life, you know, like you should want the best for them. And I, I do for him. So he is probably flying from New York to Miami to the Virgin islands right now. And uh, that's going to be really exciting for them. I think they're going to make some awesome content with producer Brando um, on the go. That's uh, that that is a huge that's a huge uh, huge move you did there because I know Brandon's been doing a ton of good stuff for you so that's awesome and that's going to be interesting to see I think that's the one thing people are saying about Thirst Launch Ten too it's like it, it, having a producer having sort of some direction and stuff that's like a lot of these guys again you have to remember you're you're putting people into a scenario where really none of them have a few of them but almost none of them have Twitch experience um, so it's sort of it's you have to remember it's like it's a, it's learning something brand new. So it's, uh, it takes a little bit of time. Um, all right, Jamie, I'm going to go through some questions here and just sort of rattle through. I see some familiar faces. We're going to scroll through. We got the $20 retweet and some good questions in here as well. Someone's asking, does the YouTube content bring in enough to make it worthwhile for you? Uh, maybe he's mentioning about, I think he maybe he's talking about this is from Matthew saying, I guess maybe revenue wise, but maybe you could explain a little bit on how that works. Cause I know that's a question I get a lot as well. So yeah uh no it it doesn't make enough money to make it like immediately profitable um per month you know so i have to pay my editor more than i get in return but you know there's ways to monetize right so if like money was the big issue like we needed money you could do more videos with like affiliate links right like i could make more videos about raise your edge which i think is great uh and then i could encourage people to sign up which i also think is a good idea um and then I would get more money coming in from that, from people signing up to the course. So there's there's ways to make money, but it, you know, there's always ways to make money on all the platforms. So it comes down to like, what's your priorities? And right now, I I personally have enough money to run the production I want, and I'm happy in life and comfortable. So what I want is people's trust and attention. You know, I want them to watch my stuff. So I really limit the amount of you know, selling things or promoting things that I'm doing to try and build trust. Um, but there's always an option to do that. If you want to make this big investment and you're a little bit short on cash, you can ramp it up a little bit to grow. So it's always a balance. Whenever you promote something, you're giving up a bit of your trust. And, uh, so you you need to balance that so that the audience appreciates you, but it's worth your time. All right, we're going on the Instagram live, swipe up some of the questions. Brian Glick asking, what made you want to become a poker player? You hit on this a bit earlier on the podcast, but what would, how would you just sum that up quickly, some of the new people on here, and, and what, what made you initially want to do it? It looks so cool, man. Like seeing the guys on, on Poker After Dark, like playing in, in this, you know, I thought legitimately was high up in a hotel room, you know, looking out over the strip. Um, I'm sure it's just like a fake backdrop. I don't know. I've never been in the Bellagio, but I was just like, man, this is so cool. Like the money in Vegas, the girls, like, look at this lifestyle. This is amazing. Why can't I do that? And then of course you get into it and you realize, well, that's a bit of marketing. Like there is that, you know, your friends with Dan Blazeri and Bill Perkins, like it exists, but most of poker is not that it's actually an intellectual pursuit of competing mind versus mind. Um, but that was very appealing to a young 18-year-old that wanted to live his best life, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, sorry, we're getting a lot of these questions here. What, and again, we'll, we, we covered this a bit, but maybe just a, a blanket statement on um, a question here from Nashy1232. Toby Nash asking, what influenced your decision to leave PokerStars and why Party Poker? Um, 
I don't know if you want to touch on that or maybe give a little context yeah. that. Yeah, just opportunity, dude. I, I mean, uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, like there's a lot of people speculating that I wasn't happy or that I was taking a stand or something like that. Uh, I enjoyed my time with PokerStars. Um, you know, I like a lot of things they do. I also dislike a lot of things they do. But, you know, I think that's natural with any company that you work with. You're not going to like everything that they do. Um, but an opportunity came up to make a bigger impact, um, to do something bigger. And I was having a conversation with one of my bosses, you know, about a month ago. And I sort of mentioned that, like, this is too linear of a trajectory, you know, like I want, I want to try and do something very impactful here. And I felt like I was in a position where I could collect my paycheck for several years and continue grinding. Um, but I wasn't going to do anything big. And, you know, when party poker approached me, I had an opportunity to do something big and, and make big moves. And at that point, I just knew that was the right thing to do. Absolutely. And, uh, what do you do after a hard poker session to relax and re-energize? Um, I don't really. I don't know. Like I watch YouTube videos going to bed. Yeah. And then I'll like mess around on some mobile games going to bed. But yeah, I don't have like a post-session relaxed routine. It's never really off. That's the thing about, you know, professional poker in general, but definitely content creation is that it you always have an opportunity to be working. So it's more just like work till exhaustion and then recover as opposed to plan times off for me. And I'm, I'm pulling up the party poker lobby today. You will be streaming as well today. That is that true later in the day? Are you planning the stream yeah. today or no? Any, yeah, in a couple hours I'll be firing up. What are yeah. any events today that stand out for you that I'm looking at, right? What is today? Today's Saturday. So Sunday's all a good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't start till May 4th officially, but I, you know, even before I signed, I moved most of my volume over to party. Um, because I don't know, I think there's some good tournaments and like it overlays a lot. Um, and the rake back is better too. So yeah, I'll play like 320 gladiator, you know, like all the stuff. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff. Yeah. The gladiator, gladiator is a nice one. Uh, so many, fun. so many good questions here. Um, so someone says, besides the fame and money, that is what every poker player pursues. I mean, again, I don't know about speaking in absolutes. Of course, money, you want to make a living if you're going to be a professional. And uh, in terms of fame, you know, again, I don't know if that's ever, like everyone's really pursuing necessarily. But just the question as worded, besides fame and money that every poker player pursues, what is your fundamental objective that you proposed when starting this activity so like i guess like what is yeah what your mission with poker what was what what is the reason you chose poker i guess from uh a blank as a whole when i got into it 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 was fame and money all right so my man might be on i was 18 i was 18 i mean when i got into it i wanted to be validated and i wanted to be rich right but like things change and you grow and um those things are a little bit shallower once you can taste them. I'm sure you can talk about that, right? Like when you earn money, it's different than what you think it is. You know, like, and that's different thresholds for everyone. First time I had hundred K, it was a different feeling than I thought it was going to be. Um, and then when you have some attention, it's different than, than what you think as well. So I'd say now my pursuits are a little bit more wholesome. Uh, I really would like to contribute to poker being a more positive environment and it contribute to the perception of poker, the general population being different than what it is now, because it's such a shame. 
such a beautiful game has a very negative connotation to a lot of the world. So that is like the overarching goal behind my actions. Of course, I want to be financially successful and I want to be validated in what I'm doing is good and people to appreciate it. But like that's sort of the overall mission statement of what I'd like to do with my poker career. That's awesome. What was the most uh, difficult part in the process of improving the quality of poker? Uh, trying to understand that question is a little bit worded trick, a little bit. Um, what was the most difficult part in the process of improving the quality of poker? I guess I, I maybe I would take that as uh, what's the hardest thing about making the poker come to a better light? I, I mean, I think that's sort of maybe how I would read that. Like what is what's been frustrating or what's been tough like we're talking about negative connotations trying to promote the game in a positive light all that what would you say has been a frustration or a difficult part for that to happen because you know, obviously you go on twitch on youtube very upbeat very positive showing the game progressing taking bad beats or unlucky dealing with that in a way like how would you say that or even running good being humble like what are some of the ways that maybe have been a little more difficult than you thought like when you said oh i'm gonna i'm gonna put poker in a positive light it's gonna be great Maybe how has it been frustrating or hard, harder than you thought that could be to do? Well, I think we exist in a bubble. And I think a lot of people underestimate how pervasive the poker bubble is. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Like the way, the way that people talk to each other on Twitter, for example, in the poker world, is very different than the way the rest of the world use Twitter. But we just assume it as normal. Um, and like forums and talk amongst each other and even on discord and stuff, it's, it's very, it's very enclosed. So what I think is going to be very hard is coming up with content, coming up with interesting, engaging things to watch or listen to or read that we can put in places where people are going to see it outside the bubble. So like, how are we going to engage 50 year old women, you know, from Germany to play poker? It's like, well, we need to make some content that appeals to that market. And that's really hard. You know, we know how to make poker content for poker players, but how do we make it for people that aren't in our circle? That's, that's the toughest part. Yeah. I, I like that makes a lot of sense. And I agree. Uh, what was the, or which country do you like the best? Where's the most beautiful place in the world? I would go ahead and say that that as a poker player, having freedom, being able to travel, you've already mentioned during that bet alone, you were in five or six different countries. So I think that's one of the, the clear benefits of being a professional poker player and doing this, um, being able to travel if you have the opportunity, which is, yeah, I know you do. So which have you liked the best and where's the most beautiful place in the world, in your opinion, I guess that you've seen? Uh, I would say beautiful place in the world. It would be a tie between the Virgin Islands, which are truly remarkable. Um, and split Croatia. There's like Marjan Hill. It was just absolutely a beautiful park, uh, massive park on the side of split Croatia. And just looking over the Mediterranean, or it might be Adriatic Sea. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's nice and bright and blue in this boats. And you're on this big hill in the wilderness right beside a big city. Uh, absolutely incredible. So I would say those two places, like where we had a streamboat to house, was going to be the most insane month ever and it got cut short. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe it looks like that. We were, I just saw it. It uh, looks like there's a chance we may be down in that vicinity or getting to run that back at some point or some 
variation of that, hopefully. But, you know, that, that, that place has been devastated. The Virgin Islands just kind of getting back on their feet. And I've already seen down there with some Internet issues with, with Bill and, and whatnot right now down in that area. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the next Next phase. Hopefully, we get to do that again. Uh, let's see. Congrats, delay news. I met. Yeah, there's some other man. A lot of questions. Are you going to IRL the wedding? Yeah. Is there a wedding date, Jamie? Uh, B car, and you got engaged. Very exciting. Yeah. Congrats again. Is there? A, will you IRL the wedding? That's that's. Uh, I think that's actually a realistic question. I mean, I I'm thinking about it. I'd like to. I'd like to. I wouldn't do a production, obviously, but if I could put up just a camera where people could see it. I'd be totally in for that, you know. Like Twitch, Twitch community has changed my life, so I don't mind throwing up a little uh, live feed of of us walking down the aisle and saying the vows. That would be fine with me. Um, I don't know if it'll happen though. Like it's not high on the priority list. We're we're hoping to do it next August, so about a year in like four or five months or so. We got to find a venue, and I don't know how any of this works. Uh, it's gonna have to be a destination wedding. I mean, we're talking two different countries here, right? So. Uh, probably Italy or France or Spain, uh, some sort of vineyard, and we got to find one we can book. So I don't know. Like, you have any advice, Chef? I don't know what to do. Well, let me just, I'll just say something that I had. So for my wedding, we had a very interesting situation. Amelia's from Brazil and grandparents, very, you know, elderly in the late 90s. Uh, we ended up doing it around Christmas time in Brazil, and I actually. I wouldn't be a good person to ask for advice because we kind of went the other direction and we just like, it was one, it was very awkward because I had an option to either do, it was, it was one of those things like, I love Brazil. I love going to my wife's hometown, right? Like I love it, but it's like a farm area, no internet really, and, and like limited. And to have people come on holiday to go to Brazil to take a flight to, let's just call it Rio or Sao Paulo, and then to another airport to drive 50 minutes from the second flight, small thing. And there's really no big hotels in the city. And uh, the, the moral of the story is we decided not to, I didn't want to bring out all of my network of just friends and people to come there. And like, it's like, oh, it's your wedding. And says that, but no, listen, trust me, you guys, didn't want to come here for during holiday. Uh, anyway, so I didn't do a big wedding thing. We just did a very small family thing and then, you know, sort of just celebrating doing like personal stuff with friends when we'd see them. So I, I don't have great advice on weddings. Um, it's kind of weird because I love people parties and actually was always like, oh, I'll have a big wedding one day. And I just basically didn't have a wedding to sort of tell you that, which I don't regret at all. Totally fine. Like I have a lot of parties and celebrations, but it was uh, the, the moral story is I'm not your guy to give you yeah. a wedding, wedding planning <laughs> advice. So we, we opted on, uh, you know, it's like, it's kind of a lose, like you can't really win in that spot because it's either like, oh, how did you not have a wedding? But then it's like, well, if I did, we might lose some friendships over. Like I'd be tilted if I got sent out to like the middle of nowhere in Brazil for a few days during Christmas time with like, you know, you got to remember kids, they have people have family, they got, they got kids, yeah. they're, they're giving up their crystal. So anyway, that's, uh, don't, don't come to me on that. I, I did a, I went the opposite direction there. Um, all right. Anyone else? Let's see. We have a man. There's so many good questions, Jamie. I feel like we've covered a lot and we are going to run this back. We'll have another podcast. Jamie's definitely going to be a multi podcast guest on the show. Dude, uh, we're going to talk after May 4th when, when I'm officially. Yeah, we can kind of unlock and blow working. off the doors. Right. Like we can really dive in. Thoughts. Yeah, on what the whole industry. And again, we don't want to sit here and I'm not trying to bash stars or anything because again, it was more of like I think that's a good way to 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 word that. It was more about an opportunity. I think also like you see like linear, whereas where party was ready to take some chances to do some cool stuff. It's a little less corporate feel there. Set some ideas. They're just gonna 
they really just kind of give you a yes or no. And I, and I've already had, I've been in there now for a couple of weeks and, and getting it, getting really getting to dive in. So it's, it's been a fun experience and, you know, we'll talk more about that, but it's a, uh, it's a very, a very exciting time for poker. And I think everyone's going to see like, again, big guarantees, big risks, big live stuff. I know parties just always looking to push the envelope and you can see that in some of the overlays in the tournaments live online, just willingness to take chances. And now that the software is vastly improved, updated, new schedule, uh, a lot, a lot of fast changes. It's a fun time to be there and, and to check it out. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, I, I think, you know, We've covered a lot, and that would be. I'm just double checking. I think we got most of it. I, I don't know if you have the Twitter up. We're gonna do the. We'll do the retweet giveaway. Let me just let Jamie count that down for us. And is there anything else you want to say out there, Jamie? Is there anything that is that you want to touch on that you're excited about coming up? Any? You, I guess you're gonna be in Berlin. Is that correct? Coming up here? Yeah, we're uh, moving to Berlin. My brother Matt and Chris are coming along as well. So it's going to be Rebecca, Matt, Chris, and I, which is kind of a reunion of uh, Malta and a bit of Costa Rica. We have Lex and Mirta along with us there and Kristen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a reunion. We're going for two and a half months. Very excited about it. They're going to fly in on Monday, actually. We're going to Drake Monday night. So lots of fun things happening, man. Uh, excited to meet up with them again and make some awesome content in Berlin. And how long will you be there? Two and a half months. Two and a half months in Berlin. I've been there only for about a week. I went to the WSOP in 2015, had a really good time, did not get to see as much as I would have liked to see there. So I'm a little jealous. And I, you know, I got the baby coming or else I would be couch crashing coming in and, and checking that out. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we'll we'll get to we'll do another stream house or stream boat in the near future. Very excited yeah. about the the uh, party poker news that is very very exciting. I, I can't wait to be you know alongside and, and being able to partner up and project and go go deep into that starting in May with you. And I know I'll be there. Uh, and someone's asking me, did I sign up party as well? Just tuning in. What's up, Calvin? Yes, I did. Uh, Matt Staples as well. All in Pav. Hot at eighty nine. I mean the list goes on. We could we could we, you you announced. I don't know if you're on the. I guess so, Jamie. Just to explain to clarify, I'm just going to go to Party Poker's website. They. I don't, you're not May 4th. May 4th is Jamie's technical. That's when he's going to be getting diving in. So, I mean, I can look here. They got the monster series come up some fun stuff, man. We'll, we'll be checking. Yeah. Look at this team right there. So it's a strong team and we'll, we'll be, we'll be talking more again. We'll do it. Jamie's a multi, at least two, who knows how many times on the podcast guys, we're going to run through real quick here and show Jamie's social. So again, poker staples, let's just get this right, Jamie, because I don't want to get this wrong. We have poker staples. Run it through. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go across the board. Start with YouTube. We got poker staples for poker stuff. Got Jamie staples for lifestyle stuff. Okay. Now I'm going to go over to Twitter. We just got Jamie Staples on Twitter. But a strong, strong Twitter game, very active, a lot of tweets, a lot of, lot of hype. So that don't don't sell yourself short with the gist. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Twitch. Okay. Twitch. All right. Poker Staples. That's my main spot. I'll be on there later today in a few hours streaming some tournaments. So excited about that. And then when I'm offline, I have like a 24-7 channel as well, which you can see there. Okay. And then we're going to yeah. take it over to Instagram. Uh, you're really giving us the we're going full I want to show people I want to let them know like this isn't a hobby this is like a real this is a thing so yes I had Jamie Staples Instagram which showcases like just photos and videos from life and then I have a poker Staples Instagram which takes interesting poker hands from throughout the day um, you know throughout the streams and puts them there so um, that's if the poker one 
Double, just, I mean, it's not it, it's two. You got two Instagrams and you have, uh, you got you got twos and ones across the board. Snapchat, not as much love on Facebook right now. Page. We, Facebook page, we're rolling with. Oh, Facebook page as well. I didn't even, I didn't yeah. pull that one up, but that's there. Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, they're kind of aligned, but yeah, I get it. That's, I got one as well. And that is, it's good. It's good to be, it's good to have options. Like you said, some people don't, they just like Facebook. That's their, that's yeah. the demographic. You got to go to the people. Gary I mean, V yeah. said it best. Move. All right, we have a, we have a, we have a retweet right now so i did copy this looks like 56 people almost a two percent chance of winning the 20 bones plus we got some good questions answered so i already copied that we're going to take one more look at the questions i'm going to plug that in so jamie i'm going to let you count that down in a second and oh wow jj carrado man look at this just dropping gear dropping questions and let's see if we get one more man there's some x there's a lot i say this is the most questions we've had on the podcast uh, thus far. I'm going to take one more on Instagram to swipe up there. we got the 34 watching live. Pretty strong. Going to be on the replay, guys. Of course, you can follow along Jeff Gross podcast and watch any of the podcasts uh, that are just parked there. I, Jamie, what what do you think about the you, uh, the the Twitch podcast? I didn't really think about it. Do people do multi-live at once or you kind of choose one or the other? Yeah, they do. Yeah. You can do, do multi one. I got. I got. I still haven't like got on iTunes or any of that stuff. So I'm kind of just learning. <laughs> Adrian is cursing me out right now. Like no. Yeah. No. Right. That's tough, man. Twenty bones. Let's go. All right, we're gonna do it. We're gonna. Uh, someone's asking about Reno. Elise is asking. I won't be there. My baby is due right around that time. Jamie, we've done the Renos before. You will you be going to run it up Reno? Not gonna make it to this one. I'll be living in Berlin, so uh, not gonna make the long flight but okay. uh nothing to say but good things for those guys i mean uh, wishing them the best of luck in the future i'm not with run it up uh anymore but you know like everyone's a fan of jay Carr. nothing bad to say i know he'll continue to crush it so yeah same thing here i am i have uh, got some gear up on the site and maybe some commentary with them in the future but we'll be um you know that that's just going to be a, a very friendly relationship maybe some some synergies there but also just gonna no, it won't be uh, officially on the team, but we'll be, you know, popping in, maybe coming in, still some live events and stuff. It's not like a, you know, anything negative on running it up. Got a lot of love for those guys and what Jason has done being the godfather of Twitch. No question about it. Uh, all right. So we're kind of. How many am I counting down from here, Jeff? Are we going 10? Are we going five? I mean, that's the are beautiful thing about the competition agency. Uh, you are in control. We have it loaded up and you get the. I mean, I'm giving people a last kind of second here to. To I'm, I'm dropping a 10. You're going 10? You want to get it? You're going to pop it right now? Let's see. We got 57. Nine. So a couple people have snuck. You're, all right. Countdown. Guys, if you got the tweet, <laughs> it's not too Eight. late. All right. Things are happening. Jamie's counting us down. We're going to roll it for a 20 spot. Seven. You okay. got to hurry up, guys. Um, guys, yeah. get it in. You have six very long seconds. Six left. seconds. He's counting it in. We got it right here. 57. Let's see if we can get it to 60. A few more people Half sneaking, sneaking five, in. Though. Five. Wait. We're almost home, boys and girls. Next time Four. we'll be... Oh, JJ Carrada in the building. David Aru. Thank you, Jay Nanis, for coming in as well. Matt Burnsy, Sheffield 16. Three seconds left. Get it out. Can we sneak in another person on the retweet? Two, Two seconds. Nope. I want you to do it on, on zero, Jeff. All right. I want you to do it on zero. So um, one is not the thing, right? Okay. Don't I'm, click I'm it yet. I won't but click I'm, it. But I'm saying it now. One. All right. We're at one. And this is about to be someone 20 bucks. Last chance. Last coming, chance. Last, last second coming from Jamie. Come on. I'll give you... I'll give you a few. A few seconds. All right, we're, we're parked at 57. I think this might be it, but we're going to give you guys a last second, and we're going to fire it off when Jamie hits that magic Boom. word. Boom. Game time. Boom. Someone won it. it is J- his name's Jamie. Of course his name. Not Jaime, but Jamie. 
Jamie's <laughs> going to win a 20 spot. Jaime, Jamie, Jamie, Jaime. He, that just seems right. And he's got some good energy and he's got a casino in the picture. Uh, $20, $20 right, coming your way. Are we even on the right screen? Hopefully. Oh, I want to tell you, listen to this. So, you know, do you know this guy? I've been doing this sports card collection, Otia. Have you heard of this? Otia Sports, this guy, Jason Kuhn. Not Kuhn, Kuhn's the guy won 1.2 million in the Bahamas. Do you know this story? No. Really? That's the guy who came down. He owns uh, Otia, this sport, like memorabilia, like, high, you know, sports oh, car. Yeah, yeah. You caught it. He, he was on okay. State Kings, posted action. People were buying because they thought it was Kuhn, not Kuhn's. He never plays any tournaments. And he won 1.3 million or whatever. So pretty <laughs> epic. Um, but anyway, he was giving away some sports cards the other day on the show. And I had Brian Glick, who's a big, big, big supporter. His, his, last, his thing, the giveaway was 25 Michael Jordan cards, okay? Right. Fun giveaway. Brian Glick's name is B Glick 23 from Chicago. I have him do the countdown, okay? Can't make this shit up. Burns E23 was was sleeping somehow because he's usually giving us love in the chat, but he was the only other 2-3 ending that I know of. Wasn't there. And then he clicks the giveaway, and the only other guy with the 2-3 at the end of his name, wins the giveaway. It, there's a clip of it. It goes Beaglick 23 for 25 MJ cards giveaway into a Pappy Van Winkle 23 winner. And then they ended up both getting 25 cards each. He just gave it to him. But I mean, how, like, you want to talk about energy, clear intention, positive. Like, how is that possible? Michael Jordan giveaway, 23 at the end of the name wins and directs it. It's got to, I don't know the odds. It's low. It's like a 1-2 trifecta in a 50 horse race who knows there's 220 people on for the giveaway at the time like when bam bam I, it's i don't know jim what do you think it's that's uh, weird special that's and special. like you just shipped it to a guy named jamie it's close it's not j-a-i but j-a-m-i-e and he's got a 20 spot and i will say guys if you don't follow jamie we just ran through all of his all of the socials check him out this is one of my legitimate brothers in the game and off the felt we've done a lot together and we're just getting going we're going to be doing a ton of projects ton of exciting things and be able to do a, a run it back in early may when jamie's uh, officially you know dialed in on board and we can really dive uh dive into some of the things that's going to be happening on a, on a bigger level which you know we haven't got there yet because it's not the fourth the what may fourth the fourth may the force be with you i've seen some jokes yeah. there you go know, might as well I mean, you know i'm not actually a star wars fan it's just i had booked a vacation for rebecca and i gave it as a christmas gift until the third of may so when i was i was like well guys don't announce me when i'm on vacation like yeah that's not a that's not a good precedent to set yeah, so exactly yeah. so may the fourth it is I love it. All right, man. Well, Jamie, thank you so much. This has been a blast. One of uh, one of the more more uh, energetic content creators you'll ever see. He does it all, all the channels, all the boards. And Jamie, we'll be seeing you hopefully very soon. I know uh, Berlin is going to be where you're at. So we'll, we'll make it work and we'll be very active. We'll be sweating you on your stream later today. Make sure to check him out, guys, on Twitch. It is Poker Staples on Twitch. He will be live today and we will be uh, tuning in with Jamie and doing some collaborative stuff in the near future. As always, Jamie, thank you for the time and we will uh, we'll be, we'll be watching closely. So thank you. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks everyone for tuning in and checking it out on the replay as well. Um, yeah, it was fun. We'll do it again in a few months. We will. Thank you, Jamie. Say hi to B-Car. Have fun. Get the wedding plans in order and we'll, uh, we'll see you very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.